Here we go. A day after election morning. Good morning, crew. Good, good morning. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Good to find out if you're out there, out and about, making things happen. Oh, I don't know how many of you guys were up late. Who, who was up late last night watching these crazy results? Crazy. Morning Rainier, top of the morning to you. See, we're sliding back into old habits. We've got, uh, it's Wednesday. Um, we used to drag out the pirate gear on Wednesday. Today you'll see I'm wearing the shirt of Bartholomew Roberts. Pirate from the uh, Caribbean, I think. Pretty sure he's in the Caribbean. Black Bart. Black Bart. That's Bartholomew Roberts. This is his flag. Most, as you know, most pirates have their own flag. I might feel like a feel like a news guy with the earbud in my ear. I can hear what's going on. Don't get a lot of the back feed across the system. That helps a lot. So hopefully you guys are doing good. Hopefully you're having a good old day. Hopefully Wednesday we're at the hump. Over the hump. Thanks, Geico, for ruining Wednesday with that commercial. The camel on it. Guess what day it is. You guys know what day it is. It's Wednesday. It's it's Pirate Day. We're going to talk about Got some stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about it. Grab a news story. We're going to pull a news story out. Yank it out of the, yank it out of the stories of the day. We're going to talk about it, and then we're going to dive into how you can protect yourself. Um, basic, basic level stuff today. We're we're hitting the high level stuff because we just are starting this this format. So format's new. Um, we'll see how it goes. I don't know how you guys. Thought about yesterday. We'll see. We'll see how the analytics are going to tell us. If you guys are right, we hear we hear you folks. There's the folks that tell us what you know what what would be a good direction to go. So we'll see if that's that's right. We've done done a cup of cyber. We're working on 10, 11. This is our eleventh month of having cup of cyber every morning. Just about uh, we've been here. Coming live, a live stream. So that means you can interact with us, you can talk to us, and uh, it's it's we're starting to see analytics, right? And we got to start following the analytics and seeing what you guys want, what you want to hear. And the analytics are saying you guys are into the RMF. You want to know more about risk management, more about security, more about this stuff. Um, the news seems to be important, but more important is give me the skills, give me the training to help move down, to close the gap. Close that gap. I don't know. Um, is that what you guys want? Is that what you're after? So we're going to see in the analytics, ant, ant, A-N-T, analytics, analytics, if that's truly, truly what you're after. Uh, RMF, the RMF 2.0 course that's going on, we had a good session last night. Eric was there last night. I don't think Eric on yet this morning. I gave him a bad time, um, you know, because last two times he didn't, he didn't make the, the live session, so um, I gave him a bad time when he came on just to mess with him, because um, that's what you do. And then uh, Kofi um, came on late, so we stayed a little late. I do have my Minnesota coffee cup, one of the good contentious battleground states, I guess, Minnesota. I think it's almost, I think they've worked those things out. Uh, Illy coffee, I like that Illy coffee. So we had a good session last night. We talked, we walked through the prepare step. We did that 15 minute run through the prepare step. We walked through what's the organization side of it and what's the system side of it. And the organization side, if my numbers are right, it's about seven tasks that have to be done. And of the system side, there's about 11 tasks that have to be done. Um, and, and we got, and I, I know NIST has this in, in this, this, um, this one block of prepare. It's like one block. And, and I think my view, I've been doing this for years now. My view is you got to split prepare out. And I'm glad they added prepare. 
but you can't treat it as one giant step. It's got to be the system stuff, and it's got to be the organizational stuff. That organizational stuff has to be done before anybody at all starts the RMF of the organization. My view uh, on the world. Mike is here. Good morning, Mike. Oof, duh, what a night. Yeah, I know, and it's still, still going on, man. It's still going on. And Richard, good morning. Top of the morning, Richard. I'm not sure if we've, been, we've seen you on the show before, but welcome. Welcome to the crew. Welcome to the team. Welcome to the, the community. If you haven't been on before, I don't, yeah, maybe I'm getting a little, little bit of gray hair here, so I'm, I can't remember. I don't remember seeing you before, though, but if I have, I apologize. So what we got today? What do we got to look at? Um, Arm up. Love these love the folks going through the RMF course. They got so many good questions. Eric was one brought up last night. Can you give me the run through prepare? Can you give me that that ten thousand foot just run through it? Those tasks. Tell me what they're all about. Give me the the big view. And I think that was awesome. I think that was an excellent way to look at it. An excellent way to run through it. So we did that last night. We walked walked through that. Um, a lot of stuff that harm of course it's just we're getting ready to make round number two we're going to shove a whole bunch of, we didn't we didn't have plans to put the labs in there um and when i say labs they're not labs like most people think that's not you know you're going to log into something it's 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 labs that give you the ability to try the task and a lot of stuff in the rmf you know it's, it's a lot of paperwork most of it's like getting your paperwork straight so you know how to build those systems and that's what we're talking about is building those labs where you can do Practice building the paperwork. Practice categorizing the system. Practice selecting the controls. Um, so that's that's the important part. So we're going to go back through, um, and we're going to shove those labs in. We're going to add those labs in. We got to get all the courseware out first. The labs are uh, is going to be the increment incremental addition number one. That's going to come. You're going to have access to that. Like like we talked to, to Eric and those folks. You got access to the lab for for at least six months. Um, and you got Mike, 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 come on, Mike, your question, question's got to come from YouTube all the way over, um, and the question, question is using GRC governance, risk, and compliance tools, um, not this round, uh, but we're working with a couple of the big guys, um, not Archer, uh, we're not working with Archer because Archer is just way too big, they don't want to, they want to work with, uh, anyone that's going to provide training that's not their training. So if you want to do Archer training, you have to go to RSA. You have to pay for their big pile of money to go through their Archer training. So there's a couple smaller GRCs we're working with, and we're trying to implement that into a future release, and it may be a separate course all on its own. Um, we don't know yet. It's going to depend on how the conversations with the GRC tools go. Um, but the GRC, I think, is a, that's kind of step two. You got to get the basics down. You got to be able to do it. It's kind of like building a web page. You got to have the ability to build a web page in HTML before you go use the automated tools. I think the same thing. Know how to do the RMF manually, and then use the GRC tools. And the GRC tools, if you guys haven't worked with them before, they make things easier. They automate the process. Um, Archer's the big dog. Archer's the, the the biggest the biggest game in town right now um, for GRC. Um, there's a bunch of people that make GRC tools, though. So we're working with some of the folks to try to get uh, the ability to bring an GRC tool in to let you guys get hands-on, even if it's kind of in a canned lab. So that's that's a future enhancement we hope to have. It's going to be dependent on those GRC uh, vendors, if they can provide, provide us access. Um, looks fairly positive right now, though. So... That's a good thing. Uh, and Eric is here. Uh, Eric, I was telling everyone I was uh, giving giving you a uh, bad time last night for not showing up, uh, act, <laughs> not knowing who you were. Um, Archer is very, uh, very, very expensive. Very expensive. Um, if you buy Archer... <laughs> Uh, there, it's, it's like everything else. You buy Archer, and then everything's a module. Everything's a, a, an add-on to it. Um, so we're gonna, that's why we're going with the, one of these other... Well, that's not the only reason. I guess if we could get Archer, we'd probably go with Archer because it's the big dog. But there, there's just just no no way to get Archer. Um, 
We can look at, you want to take a, a run, you're talking about taking a dry run through the course, looking at some of the modules, looking at how it, how it looks. Um, we could probably do that this week. We could probably take a look at one of the modules this week. Um, we, can, we can probably do that. Maybe we'll take that for a Friday activity. We'll walk through the, the Cyber Recon Lab. We'll take a look into the course. Makes sense, Mike. Let's take a let's take a look into it. And that's why this is this is why you guys are awesome right here. Um, C R. Iramba, Iramba, Iramba is open source, and I think you know. Got to get got to get the notes out. Iramba, huh? I think that's worth looking at into. E R A M. B A E R A. I have not used that before. C R, awesome. Oh, that probably doesn't belong on the screen. But yeah, cool. Uh, message me. Hit me up, Mike. You know where I'm at. So, a couple things, couple things we need to know. Hitting this up front, today is National Candy Day, November 4th. I guess, you know, we got October 31st, all that candy's hanging out at your house. Uh, we make it to November 4th. If you still got any candy hanging out at your house, it's time to eat it up. Uh, National Candy Day is November 4th. Uh, enjoy a big pile of candy, I guess, uh, is what we're going to talk about today. Um, that's your water cooler talk of the day. Um, Emotet. So we start out, we're talking about Emotet. I'm going to, well, actually, sold on a second. Let me take Emotet off. I got in trouble for this the other day. Um, we didn't bring in, let's do the intro. Then we'll circle back around and we'll talk about the news. So this one's for D. She got on me for not doing the intro yesterday. So we'll be right back. Do do always oh, the catchy little intro, and I think yeah. If if CR CR, if you um, have experience with that, if you are all schooled up on Am Aramba Aramba Aramba, I'm gonna have to look that one up. Um, I'd love your feedback. Maybe we get together. We can do. A, we can bring you on and talk about it a little bit, either in video or just in audio, and just talk about your experience with. Aramba, um, talk about what you think about it, how it works, your thoughts, your feelings, your uh, your woes. D says just makes the show. She didn't get mad at me. Of course, she hardly ever gets mad at me. Usually it's because I do something silly and she, you know. Normally she has reason to be mad at me. So let's talk about let's talk about emotet emotet real quick, right? So emotet. De detected attacks using Emotet Trojan soared over 1,200% from quarter two, second quarter, uh, to the third quarter of this year. So just jumping like crazy. Um, and this according to Info Security. Um, yeah. So installations picked picked out a large and sustained increase in the uh, malicious spam campaigns. So again, how they're getting in, how they're coming, coming across, they're spam. They're coming across with spam. They're trying social engineering in a way to get in. Um, and you got to train your users. That's what we're going to talk about. It's part of what we're going to talk about today. It's the tip of the iceberg. Um, and then they get in. Once they get in, they're deploying secondary trick bot and quack bot infections, as well as human-operated ransomware. And that's the high-end stuff. That's the primo ransomware when they have a, a human behind the keyboard you know you've got a good network you know you've got a good information if they've got human operated ransomware that means somebody is spending time behind a keyboard trying to exploit your network that's where you don't want to be that's the that's a dangerous place to be so some quotes by um alex holland who's hp h hp inks senior malware analyst the targeting of enterprises is consistent with the objectives of Emotet's operators, many of which uh, are keen to broker access to compromised systems to ransomware actors. So again, this is this thought of selling access. 
Within underground forums and marketplaces, access brokers often advertise characteristics about organizations they breach, such as size and revenue, to appeal to buyers. We know that. We talked about this in the past. That's the, the big thing these folks on the underground markets are talking about is, you know, what's the revenue? Because then, then the ransomware operator is going to say, I'm going to use a percentage of that revenue to gauge my ransomware, my ransom amount. Ransomware operators in particular are becoming increasingly targeted in their approach to maximize potential payments, moving away from their usual spray and pray techniques. Um, this has contributed to the rise of average ransomware payments, which has increased by 60%. So ransomware has gone up 60% because, because these guys act like an organization. They're, they're focusing on their core value, which is ransomware, and they're not worrying about infecting the system anymore. They're doing that. Um, so attackers typically use thread hijacking, and this is a dangerous technique uh, where a user's inbox is compromised and monitored so that Emotet can reply to a legitimate email with malicious attachments or links. This makes the success more likely. So what they're doing is they get onto someone's computer. They, they compromise someone, normally with some type of spam, some type of social engineering. They compromise that person and then they sit there and they wait and they hopefully look at their outlook box we're going to say outlook whatever mail system they're using and they watch the conversations go back and forth and they pick up a thread a thread where you're talking back and forth to someone and then they compromise since they've got compromise of your system they compromise that mail thread and then they inject the attack into a conversation that's already going on right and they may do it at the exact right point when that receiver of the message is expecting an attachment, right? So this is so dangerous because generally when we talk about social engineering training to our users, phishing campaigns, we say, hey, don't open an email if you don't know who it's coming from. Don't open an email if you're not expecting conversations from that person. And don't open attachments if you're not expecting them. So if these guys can jump on that thread and they can, it, they can fire off an email, Within that thread from someone you know you're talking to, expecting a, an, an attachment from, it's hard. It's hard to stop that, right? So you got to stop them, them, the bad guys. You got to stop the bad guy from compromising your system in the first place. You got to keep them out. And that's not just as easy as saying user training, right? User training is the big thing for this case. User training, you got to have a strong user training program, right? End user, role-based training, administrative training, uh, mobile user, remote access training, all these things you have to have. You've got to have them. But it's bigger than that. You really, there, there's the three ways we talk about folks getting into your network, right? The exposed connections on the internet, the RDP, remote desktop protocol connections on the internet, unpatched systems, and end user training. That's a huge area, right? This is a huge area of stuff. So we fall back on the second half of what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about this guy, the risk management framework. And that's what we have been building around. And what we're talking about is, wow, that's pretty pretty big. It's got, got me covered up here a little bit. Baseline controls. Let's make that, let's right size that a little bit. So we're talking about baseline controls. We'll put that right there. Baseline control and control baselines, however you want to say it, right? That's what we've got. We've got to pick the right controls for our system. We've got to build our system with the right controls. So before we jump in that, let's catch up on the, the chat. Um, so Mike's saying that would be awesome if we could bring CR on and speak about this, op this, this open source GRC tool. I, I agree 100%. That would be that would be awesome. I don't know if he's up, up to it. He's got a big conversation back. Like it. Tried to deploy it, but my company wanted a big box solution. Yeah, they all do. That way you get... There, there's some there's some solid value in being the big box because then you get the support, but you get that big box price. I don't know. Did some testing. Looks promising. They actually have a demo environment that lets you log in and test drive it. Yeah, CR, it, we, you and I, maybe you can, you can... We can talk later and see if you want to come on and talk about it, what you did maybe we can set up next week we can set up or when you have time we can set up a demo we can walk through it online we can share it with the group that's what this is 
you guys know this is a community where we all help each other out. This is something I had never heard about. And I've been doing RMS since it came out, and I've never heard of this open source tool. So CR, on top of it, man, I, I got to say, yeah, big, big claps in my head for, for CR. Thank you so much for sharing. That, that is awesome. Awesome. Excellent, excellent. So we have to build some control baselines for our system. We have to say every system needs to be protected, and we need to look at this as, at the organization level. We need to build an organization-wide structure for how we're going to implement baselines. And then we have to make sure that the systems, our system owners, build the baselines in accordance with that. So we can, in the, in the show notes, we've got... Um, two links to two videos that we've already done. Uh, one of them is the organizationally tailored baseline, part of RMF 2.0. So we've got that video. You can check that out. We'll have Mako put it in the show notes afterwards when we do the little modifying. It takes a while for the video to get all uploaded onto you, the YouTubes. But the organizationally tailored baselines are perfect. You say, okay, we have these SCADA systems. We're going to build controls that we know have to be implemented into each of these systems and we'll build a baseline as an organization for those systems, right? The other one we talk about is control selection, which is a step in the select step. That's really where we pick the baseline and that's from kind of some off the shelf stuff or we build them, you know, control by control. So that's what we want to look at this morning. We want to look at the different ways we can build baselines. We know there's there's a couple there's a couple different ways, right? So the one method is the high watermark. And that's what NIST proposes. That's what they market to most of their, their folks. You know, If you're a national security system, then you use the objectives, the security objective-based baselining, which I think is better. I think it's a better process. Um, with high watermark, there's the ability to get controls added to your control list that should never be there. Um, and we're going to jump into both ways of doing that this morning. So let's get this stuff off the screen. I'm going to jump over. Let me get this set up before I go over there. And let's jump over here. Get me, okay, I'm, I'm a little, little talking head in the bottom down here. Um, let's get that off the screen so we don't get a hit for monetization because they don't like them on there. So we're going to start We're going to start at NIST, right? That's where we've got to start. you got to start at NIST, right? Um, NIST has released special publication 853 Bravo, which you're going to see right here, um, in its final form, right? So that, that's for a while that's been out there in draft, not very long, not as long as 53 by any sh way, shape, or form, but 53 Bravo is out there. So we can take a look at 53 Bravo, right? And this is our control baselines. There it is. Let's make this thing. Got to find my plus. We'll make it a little bit bigger so you guys can actually see it. So this is control baselines for information systems and organizations. And I've got to get this other laptop because I was doing some magic in Excel last night. But as we roll down, let me get this this one up here, up and running. Come on. Sorry, guys. <laughs> So let me get my Excel spreadsheet up here because doing some math, some math last night, right? So this used to be part of 853. The, the baselines used to be part of 853, and they pulled them out, they've yanked them out, and they've created a separate document form. And there's some, some good reasons for doing that, right? And so, you know, they're, they're telling you this, they, this is on all the documents now because there are some people on the Amazon that have taken these documents and they've just printed them and they're selling them on Amazon, which is it's fine. I mean, some people like a hard copy. It might be nice to get a hard copy of them. Um, but they much make sure that, you know, you know this document is free of charge if you go out to NIST uh, and get it, right? So one thing, we've got a lot of front matter up here. One thing that's funny, and I didn't notice this until I was looking back through it. Um, sorry for the scrolling, guys. Getting get through the front matter. Um, the baselining we talked about yesterday is right here. They talk about all that's been 
moved into here. It's been moved into the front part of 53 Bravo, right? Tailoring control baselines, right? This is all the stuff we talked about yesterday. Scoping considerations, compensating controls, identifying and designating common controls. That stuff was all the stuff we talked about yesterday. And they walked through all of it, which is great. Thanks, NIST, for doing that, putting it in a document that we can follow. So we're going to keep rolling past that because we talked about that yesterday. Um, so you can go check out yesterday's show. We talked in deep detail about that. Um, and then, then we finally get, we get to the baselines. And I kind of have... I like and I don't like. And good morning, Alex. Sorry, I apologize for not seeing you there, Alex. Good morning, Alex. I like and I don't like how they did this, right? On one hand, it's kind of nice. They've done it. There's 20 different tables, right? And it's a table for each family. Um, and some things you need to know about this baseline, and this is, again, this is based on the high water mark. So when we look at the the so the um, categorization of our system. First, we look at each information type, and then we're going to get a high, moderate, and low rating for each of the security objectives of confidentiality, integrity, and availability. And then we're going to roll those up. We're going to figure out the highest of each of those. And there's a video on that, too. We'll throw that up there. Um, and then we're going to determine the highest of those for each of the information types. And then whatever's the highest becomes the high watermark for the system. So we could potentially have a system that is low for confidentiality, low for uh, integrity, but high for availability. And that's going to give us high for across the board. So any control from the, the high range and any of the objectives we get to implement, even if it doesn't fit. And that really kind of doesn't make sense sometimes. But that's, that's the nature of the beast with this high watermark process. So we've only got three control baselines. We won't talk about the privacy baseline right now three standard control baselines that we can use when we're thinking about the high watermark, and that's low, moderate, and high. And we see them right here on access control. So this first table is just the access control controls. And you see every control over here, AC1, and then like every enhancement, AC2, enhancement one. They're all listed, and then if you go over to the table, if there's an X in the column for your categorization, if you're categorized as low, then you have to do AC1, but you don't have to do AC2 enhancement one, right right here, because that's not listed in your column. So you have to do, anytime there's an X in that column, you have to implement that, well, I shouldn't say you have to implement that. That has to be part of your initial control baseline before tailoring. Now we're talking about this baseline is before we tailor it. So these are the controls we start with, right? So we have Anything that has an X in low becomes part of the low baseline. Anything that has an X in moderate becomes part of the moderate baseline. And anything that has an X in high, I think you guys can guess what this, what I'm going to say, that becomes part of your high baseline. So that's baseline. That's where we start from. That's not our final set of implemented controls we have to implement, but that's where we start. So I was pulling, I shoved all these into Excel last night. It was a fun, a fun time. It really was. Um, and then the other one we have is privacy baseline, privacy control baseline, which is kind of an additional baseline. You kind of have to use that with the other baselines. So if you have privacy, like you have PII, um, you're going to implement what you, the high watermark baseline, low, moderate, or high, plus the pi privacy control baseline. So if you have any PII, regardless of what baseline you're using, low, moderate, or high, if you have an X in the privacy control column, you also have to implement that. And generally, they, they apply here. There's a few where they're by themselves. Um, so the numbers you need to know. Um, and these, I've got to go through. I'll double check these, but I think they're pretty accurate because um, I tried to, you know, it's always, you know, it's always funny playing with Excel. If you've got a low baseline, if you're implementing the low baseline, for your system, you're going to have 149 controls and enhancements that you're going to have to start with from your baseline. If you have a moderate, you're going to have 284 controls and enhancements. I'm making sure I say controls and enhancements. So guys, I, I hear this all the time. Um, this AC2 is a control. This AC2 
and we say it this way in AC2 enhancement one, this is an enhancement, right? So we can't say that, you know, the, these are all controls. They're not all controls. AC2 is a control. AC2 one is an enhancement, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of controls and enhancements, right? And if we go to the high level, there's 365 controls and enhancements, right? But that's before tailoring. That's before we determine um, inherited controls, common controls. That's before we determine, you know, hybrid controls. That's before we determine any that don't apply. And to talk about that, that's the tailoring process. That's what we went through yesterday on the video yesterday. We went through that tailoring process, maybe a little bit out of order. And it's just because um, we're going with kind of this first week is getting things set because this is a change in format, guys. Um, but to deal with things like Emotet and this, this malware, we have to have controls. And controls are safeguards. They're protections we put in place to stop things from happening on our network, right? So if we think of a, a simple thing like your car, you drive your car, right? And you're driving your car and it's gonna depend on a lot of variables, right? Uh, it's gonna depend on the environment you're in. Are you in a good neighborhood? Are you in a bad neighborhood? Um, the situation, are you parking your car for long-term or is it just short-term? Are you just running to the store? Or are you leaving it there and you're going to, uh, you're flying away for a vacation for a week? There's a lot of variables we have to consider, but there's some basic controls we can put in place to protect our car, right? So if we pull up somewhere, we get out of our car, we lock the car, that's a control, right? We set the alarm, that's a control. We park under a light, that's a control. We park in a high traffic area where there's a lot of people, that's a control. There are things we put in place to provide protection to our asset. Our asset in this case is a car and anything inside of it, that's the asset we're protecting it. We're protecting it from a threat, which is probably that burglar, that criminal that wants to break in, steal your stuff or steal your car. That When those two things come together, when you have a vulnerability and a threat, that becomes a risk. So we wanna counter the risk with controls and we drive the risk down with controls. So if we do, we know we're in a bad neighborhood and we know there's criminals there and we know we have a value in our car or something inside of our car that's a, that's a value in that asset. Um, and we know maybe there's, there's, maybe there's a risk. Maybe my window doesn't roll up, it's broken. That's, 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 a, that's a vulnerability, right? So now we've, got a, now we've got a bona fide risk. We've got a threat and we've got a vulnerability. We've got a bona fide risk, right? Even if the window does roll up, we've got a risk if that threat actor can act on a vulnerability. Like the, there's a vulnerability to glass, it can break, right? So even if we have the windows rolled up and the car locked, there's the possibility the glass could be broken. Right, so that's a inherent vulnerability in the glass is it has the ability to be broken. Um, so there is a risk there. So we put mitigating factors in place. We put layered defenses. We lock the car and set an alarm. So if the window's broken, then the alarm goes off. So those are things we talk about with these controls. So the controls are those safeguards. So we have to go through them and say, do they make sense for the system I'm building? And that's what yesterday's topic was, is tailoring out the ones that don't make sense getting rid of them. Um, so this is a high level view of um, 853 Bravo. And this is how the NIST looks at it with the high watermark. So you're just gonna have a control baseline that's low, moderate, or high, right? Now I was saying, if you're in the intelligence community or if you're in DOD dealing with national security systems, or I think the DOD kind of expanded it to do, I think most of their systems follow this objective-based tailoring or objective-based baseline development process um, they do they, they follow the CNSSI the Committee on National Security Systems instruction number 1253 and if you look this is from 2014 that's been updated a little bit across uh, along the way but you're gonna notice this does not include our rev five controls. Um, well, thank you, Richard. I appreciate that. I'm not gonna throw it on the screen right now because uh, I'll put that up in a minute. Um, so when we look at 1253, this is how we do systems that are not part of the normal government. Like it's not part of the Department of Interior, not part of the uh, Department of Education, that kind of thing. I like this way a lot more than the high watermark. So CNSSI 1253, provides a lot of additional information 
because national security systems get treated differently than normal government systems. And one of those things is they get a lot more controls, right? But understand that this document has not been updated to reflect the controls from the new control catalog. So these controls will be revision four controls. So NIST Special Publication 853 revision four is the controls we'll look in here. So don't get confused with that because there is a little bit of difference. We're talking about a little bit, not maybe not apples and oranges, but we're talking about oranges and maybe clementines or something like that, a grapefruit or something. So all kinds of information. We're gonna, we'll talk more about 1253 later. One of my favorite documents, all kinds of good information in here. And some of the stuff that NIST has picked up on and brought across to the other side, like identifying those controls that are primed to be inheritable. So we're going, we're going to the back. We're looking for this table right here. And again, Appendix D, we're talking about security controls. And remember, in a, a, an NSS, a national security system, we're going to get a categorization for each of the security objectives. We're getting a categorization for confidentiality, and that's how we're going to pick controls from confidentiality. We're getting a categorization for integrity, and then we're getting a categorization for availability. So in a non-NSS system, we would say our categorization for the system is moderate, for example, and that's it. It's just, just moderate. In an NSS system, like an intelligence community system or a DOD system, you're going to have a level for confidentiality, a level for integrity, and a level for availability. And we always say them in that order. We always say confidentiality first, integrity second, and availability third. So if we say high, low, moderate, that means we have a high confidentiality, a low integrity, and uh, moderate availability. So like the, other, like the other table, if there's an X in that column for confidentiality, and you have a, say, a moderate level of confidentiality, then you implement that control in your control baseline, your starting baseline. And this is what we're going to tailor later. And then maybe your integrity is low. So anytime there's an X in low, you'd implement that control. And maybe your high availability, anytime there's an X in that, you do it. Then it makes it easy on this first one. Regardless of what your baseline is, you're going to implement AC1. And you're going to see that for most of the dash one, all the dash one controls, for example. Um, but when we get down to like AC2 Enhancement 4, which is automated audit rec actions, right? Um, you're going to see some strange things, right? There's nothing in availability, right? Um, so availability is not an availability control at all, right? And then we see these Xs, but then we also see these pluses, right? So the X is there because that's from NIST. NIST is saying for integrity, moderate and high, AC2 Enhancement 4 should be implemented. And for confidentiality, moderate and high, AC4 should be, should be implemented, right? But it's got a plus in low for confidentiality and a plus in low for integrity. That is the CNSS, the Committee on National Security Systems, going in saying, hey, we're adding this to low impact systems. So if you have confidentiality low or you have integrity low, then you're going to get this control on your baseline, right? So if we look through this, there's the, like this, uh, AC2 Enhancement 7, it's been kind of added across the board, at least for confidentiality and integrity. So if you see that, if you see a system and you go, what is your categorization for the system? And somebody says, low, moderate, moderate. You know right away that it's either an intelligence community system or an NSS system in the DOD. Um, because you're getting that that categorization for each of the security objectives, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. The nice thing is that if you have a system, and we'll go down to one of these, these controls um, here, and, and maybe we're looking at this AC4, right? So maybe you have um, maybe you have a uh, confidentiality of low, an integrity of low, but an availability of high. Right, and we're talking about this AC4, this line right here, this line right here. One of the things that's important to note between the difference between this way of doing a baseline and the high watermark, right? If we have low, low, high, right? When we go to do the high watermark, the categorization for the system becomes high, right? 
And that means that this control would be implemented even though we have confidentiality low, integrity low, and availability high, which would mean there should be no way in, in heck this control gets implemented in the CNSS way of doing things. But in the high watermark way of doing things, because we rate the system as high, we implement this control because it's required for high integrity and high confidentiality. Even though we don't have high or moderate integrity or confidentiality for our system, we still have to put this in our control set. And then later, we have to go in and tailor it out by saying, this control should have never been here to start with. I think this, and this is Jim's point of view, this is my point of view, I think this was a big miss by NIST. I think NIST should have went this way when they introduced Special Publication 853 Bravo. I think they should have adopted the NSS way of doing the control selection for baselining. I really do. Maybe not, you know, not, they don't have to bring in all these pluses, all these additional controls. They could have just used the, the standard X's that they had before, which essentially would have made the control baselines the same. Um, but it just, it, it's just, they, they, it was a miss, in my opinion. I know Nist, you're doing all kinds of great things. This was a miss. I, I think this is a much better way to build a baseline for your system because it provides a more finite, more defined requirements on controls. So that's, that's my, my pitch. Um, the one thing NIST did that was awesome is if we look later, and again, hopefully this is this is cool. Hopefully you all are good on the way the differences between those two. Um, the one thing that NIST did is, uh, this has been out, I'm gonna jump down here. I'm sorry for scrolling so fast, guys. Um, this table, this is your, your table D2. Uh, this has been in CNSS for, I think since it was created, right? They have this col column here, potential common or inheritable control. And they went through, and again, this is NIST Special Publication 853 Revision 4 that we're dealing with in, in this document, because um, the new one's not out yet. But they've made an X in each of the controls or enhancements they think should be inheritable, um, which I think is awesome. And NIST did this in the new revision five of 853. They've got, a they've got a table now where they say, we think these controls are inheritable. It really helps when you're determining, in that prepare step, when you're determining what should be common controls. Now as like the chief security officer or somebody supporting the chief security officer, I can go in and say, these, these, here's my list of controls. And um, back to CR, your point about, man, that's a lot of controls. We talk about 365 controls at the high level. But look, if we look at this, how many X's? Every place there's an X in this green column, CNSS, CNSS is saying this should be an inheritable control. We think it's an inheritable control. So all of these X's should be inheritable controls that the system owner inherits. So this is one of the first things we should do when we, do, when we tailor our baseline and say, out of these 365 controls, how many can I inherit and get off my plate and put that responsibility on someone else, right? You know, a little small window to work with here. Um, that's the thing that's great about this. So hopefully that, that's, that cues you in on the two different big ways of, of developing a baseline. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, if we go back over, way over to here, uh, one of the things, if you look at, you get, and sometimes you just got to, you got to check these NIST web pages out because they're not very good at marketing things sometimes. Um, when I was going through this website, I was looking at this, I was like, okay, 53B is out. Let's take a look at it. Um, and I saw this right here, security control overlay repository. And I'm like, what is that? Nobody's, I've never heard of this before. What is this all about? What is going on with this thing? Um, so I checked it out. I was, okay, let's go look at this thing. It's the, the, the FISMA implementation project. And what they've done is they've created a repository. If you are, say, you, say you're creating your, that special baseline, that, that custom baseline in your organization for maybe Internet of Things devices, right? Um, Amazon Echo devices or Google devices or smart thermostats, whatever, and you're building a baseline for it, you have the ability to say, hey, I did a really good job on this baseline. I'm going to share it with the world. And this is the place, this, this, this one, this is the place NIST wants you, and I've got some hiding it back here behind me. NIST 
has created this place to share them. But I've heard no marketing about this. I even reached out to these guys, hey, can we get one of you guys to come talk about this in the morning show, later in the day, we can record it, whatever. Uh, no word back yet, man. I'm sure they're busy. And I look at these things. Okay, let's let's go check out the submissions. And I don't know how long this has been out here. I just noticed it. I think it's fairly new. But if you go here, you look, oh, well, there's nothing there yet, right? Dang. So let's go back. Let's look at the public, public submissions. Ah, nothing there yet either. Oh, man. So, but a ray of sunshine. NIST developed. And these are older baselines, but it shows you how we can use this, right? Um, there's some documents out there. If I have an ICS, industrial control system, NIST has built a baseline for it. If I have an email system, NIST has built a baseline for it. If I'm looking at supply chain, NIST has built a baseline for it. So it's awesome. This is a place that we can submit baselines and share with the community and share with the world. If we build a good baseline, share it with the world. Um, So I was going to go to one of these. Let's go to the email one. There we go. Um, and let's go ahead and download the overlay. There we go. And it's, it's, it's not just an overlay. That's the one thing downside of the ones that are out there right now. They're not just an overlay yet. And I think it would be nice. It, this, you know, if you want to know about trustworthy email, this gives you all the information. Like, look at all this front matter. What is, you know, what's what's this all about? This, this is a huge guide about how to build a trustworthy email system, uh, which is good if you want to, you know, how do we do that? What's it all about? What we want to jump to is all the way in the back here is the actual baseline, right? Or the, uh, there we go. So as you'd expect, you know, they've, they've got a baseline. There's a control baseline um, for this trustworthy email, right? Um, and they've got some notation in here, right? Uh, and they're not, this one thing, NIST, please, please, NIST, standardize your, your notation, right? Um, it looks like none of these are, there we go. The bold stuff, in this case, the bold things are being added, right? If it's in bold, it's being added. Some places they use pluses and minuses and different numbers and stuff like this. But now we have an overlay for trusted email. If I'm doing trusted email, I can go grab this overlay and it's already set. I know how many controls I need to implement, right? So I think there's a lot of great stuff. There's a lot of great stuff going on in baselining. There's, it's, it's, it's really, there really is a lot of stuff going on. There's some new stuff I hope you found this morning. Hope you found some new stuff from this talk this morning. I, I know these are going long. Uh, we pulled back to 30 minutes and now we're kind of going long again. But the point is, if we want to beat things like Emotet and ransomware, uh, we put the, the, you know, the three, three and three, that's an easy way to say things. But really we have to build solid baselines for our systems and they have to be built across the organization, right? Um, Richard says, new to, new the RMF. Um, hopefully, this, yeah, the, the, you know, Alex is here. Alex will tell you. This is this is the point is to get you guys spun up, to let you get you ready, ready for for working in this field, right? Eric's nice to me. Um, the best, one of the best. Hey, I appreciate that, Eric. I really do. Uh, it's all about a team, though. We're building a team. So if you can pick pick up what I'm laying down, um, you know, pick it up on laying down. There's different ways we can build baselines. Now the third way. We can build a baseline that we didn't talk about. You know, we talked about the CNSS version. We talked about the regular version from NIST. There's another way. Um, you can take the control catalog as an organization. You can take the control catalog, and for every system you build, you can say AC1. Yep, I'm going to do that one. And we select it. And you can go through the list manually, one after the other, and select the controls manually. That's up to you, too. You can do that as a system owner, as an organization. You can say that's, that's a choice you want to make. Other than very rare systems, I would never do that. Build baselines for your organization and have people follow the baselines. Have them follow the baselines. Some new comments. Uh, yeah. All the 411 I have to give out. I'll give you all the information I can, but like CR earlier, that was just information I didn't have. That's why 
You guys got to share that information. Share the info you know. Um, right now, what, what do you guys think? What's your way of doing baselines? Have you done baselines? Have you built baselines? What's what's the what's the four one one you guys know about baselines? Um, this is how we start. Yeah, we got to start with the baseline. Right now, I'm gonna let you guys get a second answer that while the it goes out to the the inter, interwebs and back to you guys. Um, <clears throat> we got to start with a baseline. We start with a baseline of controls, and there's a bunch of stuff on there, and some of it we're gonna inherit. So that gets some of it off there, and some of it doesn't apply. We're gonna get that off of there. And then whatever's left is the controls we have to implement to secure our system. And we put those controls in place. We make sure they're working. They're providing the output they need to provide. And hopefully that protects us from these threats that we have out there. That's the whole point of this deal. Don't build a baseline and then leave it there. You have to have the system owners implement those controls. So what are your thoughts, your feelings? What do you think about this? What do you think about baselines? What do you think about tailoring? This one really should flip-flop with yesterday because the follow-on to this would be um, would be the tailoring. Then we tailor after this. So the, you'd have to watch the one from yesterday. couple links in your show notes to videos I've done on other things. Um, and that's organizationally tailored baselines is out there and control selection is out there. Those two videos you can jump to. I'll think Mako can put the tags up above for that. Um, ah, CR has some experience with CIS and CSC controls. Ah, he's using the new terminology. So the Center for Internet Security is a much more verbose control set. Um, and you're saying, and, and, and let me throw those two up there. There's two things. So CIS, um, and you're talking. Well, I think you're talking about the SAN. What most people talk about, the SANS Top 20. Um, SANS Top 20 now is, it's a French organization, CIS. Um, it, everybody refers to this as the SANS Top 20. You can tell CR works in this because he's actually using he or she. I should, shouldn't assume. Um, CR is using the actual name. And I was thinking Center for Internet Security, but then I saw the full, what I brought up on the screen here. It's the CIS CSC, which is the, what we, a lot of the older people refer to as the SANS Top 20. It's the 20 control. I love that. And we need to talk about this too. CR, man. We need to talk about SANS Top 20 because it's 20 controls. Unlike NIST, NIST puts the controls out there in no particular order. C, the, the SANS Top 20 puts them in order. If you can only implement one control, if you can only do one, you do control number one. And that's inventory of hardware. You got to know what hardware you have. Number two, inventory of software. You got to know what software you have. Um, I love Sandstop. I love the Sandstop 20. I'm going to use I'm going to use the old guy term, Sandstop 20. It is CIS CSC. Uh, um, that's the actual term. If you search on Sandstop 20, you're going to get it. Um, you're still going still going to show up. But that's the actual that's the actual term. It's you know. Um, yeah, critical security controls. Yeah. Um, there's 20 controls in there, uh, but you as you and I know. Controls and controls and enhancements are two different things. So there's 20 controls. There's probably like 150 controls and enhancements or somewhere around there. Um, so in that way, 53 can seem sometimes intimidating, but it's not. Um, unlike the SANS Top 20, SANS Top 20 says, here's the 20 you implement. If you have time to implement them all, you implement them all. There's no, there's no baseline. There's just you do these 20. If you have time to do 20, do 20. If you have time to do 8, you do the top 8. Um, and when you get to the last one, I think the last one's red teaming, twenty number twenty, I think is red teaming. If you get to twenty, you're good. You've got the you've got the sans top twenty. Um, there's no, you know, do one and then seven and three if you're a low system and do no. It's it's do one then do two then do three. Um, the theory's strong because if you don't know what hardware and software you have, how in the world are you going to secure it? So that's what they say is number one and number two. Hardware, know your hardware, inventory your hardware, know what's out there. And then the same thing with your software. Um, you can't do it. Um, yeah, so I can see I can see from the outside how 853 can seem sometimes intimidating. And we talk about, you know, 150-ish uh, controls at the low level. I bet I bet the SANS Top 20 or the CIS CSC 20 has about 150 controls and enhancements too. So I think you're probably on par with low of low impact system rating 
Excellent, excellent. Sandstop 20 is exceptional. Um, they've done it in a great way, um, and it, it deserves time of on its own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> critical security control. CIS is in, there's another organization out there called the Center for Internet Security, and they build benchmarks, and benchmarks are equivalent to baselines, but they have... Um, I just looked at the Windows 2019 server benchmark. It's like 2,000 controls and enhancements on the Center for Internet Security benchmark. The nice thing about that is they give you the, to secure this, here's what you put in. Here's how you set it. You configure it like this. Here's how you test it. You test it like this. Um, they do a really good job. So there's all kinds of good reference resources out there. Um, those are outside of NIST, right? Sandstop 20, the CIS, Center for Internet Security, um, benchmarking gu guides. A lot of those you can get to the guides for free. Some of the good stuff you have to have a membership um, to access. That's a, ah, what a, what a good, what a good, I think a good show today. What a good show today, I think. Um, man, CR, well, you better keep showing up. Uh, you got a lot of good stuff in your head. Um, Cause it's awesome, it's awesome. Um, so run to the end, I guess that's it. I, I, I'm gonna end with the same way I always talk to. Take care of your friends, your family, and your coworkers. Take care of each other. This is a community. If you know something, share it with us. Share it like CR did this morning. That was something I've gotta look up today. I've gotta look that up and maybe we can get together and see if we can get you on. Um, get you on a microphone, get you on a call, get you on something to share your info. You got some info we got to share. We're going to do that with other folks. We'll talk Alex into doing that one day too. Um, Dee was telling me yesterday she didn't like, didn't much like the change we're making. Um, I would like to hear your, your thoughts on the change we're making. Um, it is a little different. It's we're shifting gears, we're changing formats. want to make sure that we're fitting the needs of the folks that are watching you, you gotta you gotta want to you know want to be here so that's what i gotta say we took about an hour this morning to get through this stuff so i appreciate you guys hanging out for an hour listen to me ramble about benchmarks and baselines and sans top 20 um if you like the channel share it with your friends hit that subscribe down there like the video um comment let me hear what you think about what you think about the new format is there something you'd like to talk about? Um, let me know what you think about CR. Wow, CR. Awesome. Awesome stuff today. Um, if you're interested in the RMF, I, I think, Mike, you're right. We'll, we'll, we'll do a walkthrough of the RMF. Maybe we can do that on Friday. Walk through the RMF lab at CyberEcon. If you're looking to get cyber, uh, RMF training, um, the class is up and running. Uh, and the thing about it, it's cyclic right now because we have the first group going through. Eric's part of that group going through. And we're, we're looking at comments coming back from that group saying, would be nice to have this. So we're adding that stuff in. Um, you'll have access to lab for at least six months, uh, lab and the training. I ca call lab, it's don't, don't think you're gonna get a virtual machine and all that stuff. It's a lab as far as going through the RMF process. You have to fill out, you have to, you have to figure out what the categorization of information is, the information system, figure out what your baseline is. We're gonna walk you through each of those tasks um, and make sure you know how to do it. So, and then cover, it covers, the videos are there, interactive videos are there, the little games like word searches and flip cards and quizzes are all the stuff you expect from a, a course are there. Um, but we're trying to give you as much information as we can. Um, and also we put the, the RMF 2.0 playlist is out on the Cyber Recon YouTube channel. If you just wanna watch the videos, you can't afford the course or whatever. Uh, you can jump into that and follow through that. Um, that's my, that's what I got to say this morning. Man, it's good to see you guys. I didn't see Mike Bravo or Sierra Bravo this morning. They're going to tell you, go get some. I'm going to say take care of each other. Take care of your, your friends, your family, your organization. Take care of the community. We got a fight every day. Hopefully you got good things. Hopefully you got some sleep last night. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. So until tomorrow, 7.30 a.m., not sure what we'll talk about tomorrow. Maybe, hey. Why don't you guys tell me what we're going to talk about? Throw a comment in the comment section below what you'd like to do a deep dive into, what you'd like to look at tomorrow. If you don't, I'll pick something random, and we'll jump into it and look look through it tomorrow. So thank you, CR. I appreciate the comments. Appreciate the feedback. 
good show. It's a good show because of folks like you and Eric and Alex and Mike and everyone else that comments. Of course, D helped me keep things going. Uh, thanks to Mako and Emily and Jimmy who keep the things running in the background. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, tomorrow morning, 7.30 East Coast time, right here on the YouTube. Uh, check out the Facebook page, too, D. We need to get that out there. Uh, Facebook, front slash, Cyber Recon Training, all one word. D takes care of that and keeps it moving. Anyways, until tomorrow, 7.30 a.m. East Coast time. Be careful, be good, and we'll see you then.